You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Revelation chapter 11 in your Bibles. We started this, uh, this chapter two weeks ago, but in this chapter, we are at the, the midway point of the tribulation period. Now, the tribulation will last for seven years. Uh, it takes place immediately when the rapture takes place, the seven years of tribulation will begin here on the earth. Now, for Christians, for those of us who are saved, uh, we won't be here for that because the Bible says there's going to be a shout. It's going to be the voice of the archangel. The trump of God will sound. And we will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. I'm thankful for the rapture. I'm always thankful, but especially as we see the book of Revelation and we see all that is to come. And I thank God for the rapture. Uh, it is called in the book of Titus. It is called the blessed hope of the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior. Jesus Christ is coming back. Revelation 11. John says that, verse 1, there was given uh, me a reed like unto a rod. And the angel stood saying, rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. And we talked about that, that God is interested in building his temple. Not just a physical temple in Jerusalem that will be built during the tribulation, but Jesus is interested in building his church. He's interested in building you and building me. By the way, we are the church. The people are the church. Uh, don't, ever, don't ever think, well, you know, yeah, the church is the building. Oh, no, no. Uh, the church is the word ekklesia in the Greek. It's a called out assembly of believers. And uh, I thank God that I get to be a part of a, an assembly of believers like this. And this is the church. And so we saw that. But then we saw also in this uh, chapter, we saw that uh, there were two witnesses. These two witnesses are sent during the middle of the tribulation. And it says in verse three, I will give power unto my two witnesses and they shall prophesy a thousand 203 score days clothed in sackcloth. Now, I want you to look at verse 3. I want you to look at that word prophesy. You know what that word prophesy is? Yeah, now, oftentimes it speaks of a prophecy or a, a, a foretelling of the future. But that word in the Bible also is the word that means to preach, to proclaim. And you know what those witnesses are going to do during the tribulation? They're going to preach. And I want to remind all of us tonight the importance in the word of God of preaching. Now, preaching can sometimes to some people, preaching can seem foolish. Let's think about it uh, from the, the, the perspective of somebody who is not saved. You know what people think about you if someone is unsaved and someone they know that you, you come to church and you come to church and you sit on a pew and you listen to somebody holler and spit and get excited and, and sometimes preach against sin, which we need, and sometimes tell us things that are not right in our lives or maybe sometimes we, we warn of things to come and the danger to come. You know what people will say? You're crazy. Why would you go and why would you subject yourself to that? Well, here's the answer. 
The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 that the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. There is power in preaching. And God has chosen preaching. You say, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't have to make sense to you or me. But God says that preaching is necessary. And preaching is God's method that he has used to get his word to this world. The Bible says in Mark 16, 15, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Everybody needs preaching. But we see in this passage there are two witnesses that will preach and prophesy. Uh, we got down to verse number, I guess verse number 13 last uh, two weeks ago. It says, in the same hour, there was a great earthquake and the 10th part of the city fell and in the earthquake were slain of men 7,000 and the remnant were affrighted and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe is past and behold, the third woe cometh quickly. That'll be the seventh trumpet that will start the second half of the tribulation. Verse 15, and the seventh angel sounded and there were great voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. Can you imagine what that must have been like for the apostle John in the middle of this tribulation? He hears voices from heaven saying, the kingdom of God is coming and his kingdom will be forever and he shall reign forever and ever. And friend, I want to remind you tonight that Jesus Christ is coming back and his kingdom will be established and he will reign and he will rule forever and ever and ever. It goes on to say in verse number 16, there were 20 and four elders which sat before God and they fell upon their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and wast and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. Verse 18, And the nations were angry, and uh, thy wrath is come in the time of the dead that they should be judged. And by the way, the, the, the nations of this world, they will be angry. You know why they're going to be angry? Because they know what's coming. They know that judgment is coming because the God of all the earth, the righteous judge, will execute judgment. And then verse number 19, it says, And the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament, and there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. I won't have you turn there uh, tonight for sake of time. That's not the direction I'm going. But it's interesting the parallel from what is described here in Revelation 11 to what took place in the book of Exodus when Moses set up the tabernacle and he set up the Ark of the Covenant and he received the Word of God, he received the law and when he received it, there were thunderings, uh, there was lightning, uh, there, was, uh, there was a display of the power of God. Friend, I want to remind you tonight that there is still a display of the power of God because of his word and because of his presence and because of his majesty and his glory. But tonight, for just a few moments, and I won't keep you long, I want to draw your attention here in Revelation 11. And I want to just give you a few thoughts about what is important to God. You know, it's interesting when you go through a hard time 
you find out what really matters, right? You find out what's really important. You, you find out what really matters and you find out what really doesn't matter. Uh, for instance, and, and my wife and I, we've not been through this, but if you ever go through a house fire, if you ever go through a tragedy like that, it's amazing the things that really don't matter, but it's amazing the things that do. For, for instance, what matters in a tragedy like that? That everybody's okay. You know, things can be replaced, right? Uh, if, if you have, to, if you have to, to get another house, you can get another house, but what's important is that your family's safe. And when you go through tragedies, what really matters and what, what really is important will be revealed. During the middle of this tribulation, God gives us insight into what is important to him. During the middle of this tribulation, it's almost as if God takes a time out and God says, hang on, I'm going to give one more chance. And he sends two witnesses. We talked about it two weeks ago, probably Moses and Elijah. And he sends these two witnesses to give this world another chance to repent, to give people another opportunity to get saved, to give people another opportunity to get their heart right with God. We see in the book of Habakkuk that in the middle of God's wrath, he still remembers his mercy. Aren't you glad for the mercy of God? Aren't you thankful that even in the midst of judgment, God still remembers mercy? God is holy and God is just, but I'm so thankful tonight that God is also a God of mercy and a God of love. Keep in mind that at this point in Revelation chapter 11, Christians have already been raptured out. All that is left on planet earth are the unsaved, but God is still not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Uh, don't ever think because you're in church, don't ever think that you're more important to God than somebody else. Friend, God loves everybody. Jesus Christ came to save everybody and anybody for whosoever will may come. And God doesn't have to save anybody, but in his mercy, he sends two witnesses in the middle of this tribulation. Can I remind us as a church tonight what matters to God? Uh, people being saved matters to God. We saw it tonight, two precious young people getting baptized. That matters to God. Those children are so precious, and I'm so happy for, for the family getting to be here to see that. I'm so thankful for those teachers in the school, and I'm so thankful for all the family members and friends and people who have invested in their lives to bring them to this point that they got saved, and tonight they made it public. Did you know that matters to God? That's more important than a Super Bowl. That's more important than making money. That's more important than, uh, than, than, than having the applause of man. That is something that matters to God. God is concerned about the gospel. God is concerned about preaching. Even in a tribulation, these things matter to God. We as a church, we have to be so careful because you know what happens in some churches? And, and by the way, if you say, oh, I know, I know of a church, well, maybe so. Except for the grace of God, that could be us. But you know what happens in some churches? Some churches, they lose their mission. They lose their purpose. I think I've probably told you about it. It's been years ago. But my wife and I, and she's back here now, so if you see me pointing back there, it's not a different wife, but she just moved from where she was. 
got to clarify, especially people online, they're like, what in the world is going on with that church? But uh, we, we, we saw it when we were traveling one summer, but there was a, a campaign that came out for Kentucky Fried Chicken. Now, I know I shouldn't talk about food in the middle of a service like this because that actually sounds good about now. I mean, who doesn't love fried chicken, right? Hallelujah. But Kentucky Fried Chicken, they came out with a campaign and they changed their, their advertising to, instead of KFC, it was KGC. Instead of Kentucky Fried Chicken, it was Kentucky Grilled Chicken. Some of you are looking at me like we've never heard of it. Exactly. Their sales plummeted. And immediately they were scrambling and immediately they pushed the reset and said, we got to go back to fried chicken. I was reading an article about it today. I just want to make sure I was, I didn't just dream it. You know, you ever do that? And uh, I was reading an article today and, and one of the, uh, the, the franchise owners said this. He said, nobody comes to KFC because they're looking for health food. They come looking for fried chicken. You know, we got to get back the fried chicken in KFC. And here's what I'm saying. That's what their mission was. That's what their mission has always been. And as a church, what our mission has always been is the gospel. What our mission has always been is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. May we not lose sight of our mission. Number one, I want you to see in this passage, these witnesses will have power. The Bible tells us that these two witnesses will have power in verse number um, five. They will have the power of fire. They will have the power to preach. They will have the power of stopping the rain. They will have the power to turn water into blood. They will have the power to smite the earth with plagues. Now, I've, I've, I'm sure I've, I've used this illustration before, but I, I used it Sunday um, at the uh, church in Colorado. I want to remind you about this. I've got a cell phone here. How many of you have a cell phone? You don't have to show me, but you have a cell phone, okay? A lot of us do. Now, how many of you have not just a cell phone, but you have a smartphone? Yeah, and isn't it funny? Yeah, your own, the, the phone's only as smart as the operator, right? There's a whole lot of things I'm sure this thing could do. I have no idea. And you, you hand it to a young person, right? They'll show you how to do it in a heartbeat. But on this phone... It's amazing what this phone can do. This phone is an amazing camera. This phone can take videos. This fan, uh, phone can be a, a GPS, right? This phone, you can make lists, you can, you can search, you can research. You're not going to believe this. You can actually talk to people on this phone. Isn't that a novel idea? Nobody does that anymore, but you, know, you can actually make a call. Uh, amazing. This phone is a flashlight. And I use that many times. There's, there's, a, there's a million things this phone can do, just this, this little gadget. But if this phone does not have power, this phone is useless. If my battery is dead, if I don't get it plugged in to a power source, guess what? It's absolutely useless and it can do nothing. And friend, I want to tell you as kindly as I know how, we... Me, all of us, without the power of God, we can't do anything. Amen. Jesus said, without me, ye can do nothing. 
And so these witnesses will have power. They will have power and they will have authority from God. You say, oh, pastor, isn't that great? Boy, I wish we had that kind of power. I wish we had that kind of authority. You do. And I do. The Bible says in Acts 1, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, and ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Friend, I want to tell you what matters to God. What matters to God is that people get saved, and he has chosen us to be his witnesses. If you're here tonight and you've been saved, you are a witness to tell people how they can know the truth, how they can be saved. These witnesses will have power. I won't go through all the verses. We did it last, two weeks ago, but they will have power. Number two, these witnesses will be preaching. We already talked about that in verse three. They shall prophesy. And it says they will prophesy, they will preach for 1,260 days. That's a lot of preaching. That's three and a half years worth of preaching. And they will preach because that is what matters to God. That is what is important to God. Now, friend, I'm all for reading good books. I'm all for having a good discussion. I'm all for, for things that you can do to help you. And I'm all for all those things. But nothing should take the place of preaching. We all need preaching. That's why we have church. That's why we come to church. That's why we assemble. Because God has chosen to use preaching. Number three, I see these witnesses will be persecuted. The Bible says in... Verse number uh, uh, seven, it says, and when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. Now, friend, I, I just, I got to tell you the truth. But when you do what God has called you to do and you are obedient to God, not everybody's going to pat you on the back. Not everybody is going to applaud you. As a matter of fact, there will be some people that will try to stop you. And the devil is real. The devil is on the attack. He is walking about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And you have the devil and you have the world and you have the flesh that are fighting against you. There will be persecution. Jesus said, marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. It was John Newton, the author of the song Amazing Grace, that said this. He said, whenever God is getting ready to do some great work, you can always expect that there will be some great opposition. Now, I'll just tell you what that does for me. When there's opposition, when, when there's something that is fighting against me, when I feel like that the old devil's trying to knock me down, you know what that does to me? That actually encourages me. I think I must be doing something right. The devil doesn't like what's going on here. I've said it many times uh, uh, in the last few months, but I'll tell you this, that old devil does not like the fact that there's a Christian school a half a mile from here where boys and girls are being taught the Bible and learning to pray and, and they're, 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 they're having teachers that are godly, spiritual influences. The devil doesn't like that. You know what else the devil doesn't like? He doesn't like the fact that we've got almost 90 missionaries around the globe that we're supporting. The devil's gonna fight that. Do you think the devil likes that we're in the process of distributing 11,000 New Testaments to every door in Roanoke Rapids and the surrounding area? Oh, I want to tell you, he hates it. The devil loves it when a church sits by and does nothing. But the devil gets nervous when a church is trying to reach people with the gospel and fulfill the Great Commission. There will be persecution. 
You can count on it. These witnesses were persecuted. Number four, these witnesses will be protected. The Bible says in verse number eight, it says their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom in Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Isn't that a great reminder? Hey, when somebody persecutes you, don't forget, they crucified Jesus. Uh, you're going to be okay. You're going to be just fine. And then it says this, verse number 10, it says, they that dwell upon the earth, they'll rejoice over them and make merry. They're celebrating the fact that these two witnesses have been killed. Oh, but I love this. After three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them and they stood upon their feet. And great fear fell upon them which saw them. These witnesses will be protected. And friend, I want to tell you, as long as you are doing what God has called you to do, as long as you are in the center of God's will, did you know God's going to take care of you? God's going to protect you? Now, how many of you know that there are some crazy drivers out there? And, and uh, I'll be careful, Jake and uh, Kaylee, I'll be careful. Sometimes I make comments about Virginia drivers, but I won't do that today. We got other folks from Virginia. Uh, and I certainly don't say anything about the gender of the driver. I mean, you know, certainly wouldn't want to say that. But there are some crazy drivers out there. Did you know it's God's protection that you're here tonight? It's God's protection that any of us are here tonight. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. Job prayed a, a hedge of protection about his kids, and Job prayed that protection around his family. And you and I, we have the protection of God. And I'm so thankful that we are in safe uh, keeping because of God's protection. I don't know when my last day will be, and you don't know when your last day will be, but we know that our days are numbered and our time is in God's hand. These witnesses will be protected. And then lastly, number five, these witnesses will be promoted. The Bible says in verse number 11, after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them and they stood upon their feet and great fear fell upon them, which saw them. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, come up hither. Hallelujah for that. It's like God calling his children home. He says, boys, come on home. It's time for you to get out of there and it's time for you to be with me. Come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud and their enemies beheld them. There is coming a promotion for the child of God. Did you know your labor is not in vain in the Lord? Did you know as you serve God, as I serve God, God has not allowed our, our, our service to go unnoticed. Now, you may, have a, you may have a boss at work that you think he doesn't know anything. Everybody else is getting the promotions, right? Everybody else is getting the raises. Everybody else is getting the, the applause. And here you are, you're doing what you're supposed to do, and the boss doesn't even know you exist. You know, that's the way it may feel sometimes. But that's not going to happen when it comes to spiritual things because God sees and God knows. He knows what you're going through. He knows your heartache. He knows your trouble. He knows your faithfulness. He knows the things that you do that nobody else sees and nobody else knows. And God has promised that he will reward us. The songwriter said, it will be worth it all 
when we see Jesus. And friend, I want to tell you, there is coming a promotion. There is coming a reward for those that follow Christ. The Bible says in uh, Revelation, it says that there is a crown of life. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians that there is an incorruptible crown. The Bible says in uh, 1 Thessalonians that there is a crown of rejoicing, a crown of righteousness. 2 Timothy, there's a crown of rejoicing. There are crowns that will be given to those that serve God. And what a day that's going to be. Now, do you think when we get to heaven, do you think we're going to look around and say, oh, boy, I wasted my time serving God. Do you think we get to the judgment seat of Christ and you think I'm going to look at Brother Askew and say, you know, Brother Askew, you know all those years you served in Roanoke Rapids? You think you wasted your time serving God? Oh, no. There's going to be a whole lot of rejoicing. There's going to be a whole lot of shouting in heaven and, and thanking God for the fact that we stayed faithful and thanking God for the rewards and for the crowns that we receive. Of course, you know what will happen with those crowns. The Bible says in Revelation 4 that we're not going to keep them. We're not going to put them on display. But we're going to take those crowns. We're going to cast them at the feet of Jesus. He is the only one worthy. This evening, my challenge is this. Let's keep what is important to God. Let's keep that important to us. Let's not say, well, you know, that's for the young people. You know, the young people, they need to witness. No, all of us need to witness. You know, that's for the bus ministry. Those bus ministry workers, that's what they do. Uh, that's what the staff does. That's what the deacons do. No, no, no. That's what every child of God is called to do, to be a witness and to share the gospel. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.